Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everybody. It is 106 in Edmonton. Hour number two voters now brought to you by World of Spas. Thomas and the staff at World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. We will tell you Japanese village for 50 years, Edmonton's destination for the celebration for the census reserved today at jvedmonton.ca. As we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 7804960063, the River Cree Resort Casino. Open 24 7, 365. Excitement bet on it. Uh, as we welcome today to our show, our Oilers Now headliner for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Trent and the gang at Will Hawk. Search for Will Hawk, W I L H A U K today. We welcome back to the show. He used to be a, a weekly guest on Mondays when he was the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors, but he's kind enough to join us on what turned out to be an off day. I didn't know uh, it was an off day when I made the request to get him on today's show, but we welcome back Jay Woodcroft, the Oilers head coach. Hi, Jay. How you doing? I'm doing good, Bob. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for doing the show. Um, well, you, you, you know, I know that there was some frustration and you know, and some tough uh, moments during the 0-4 and run or uh, 4 and one run. Uh, that might have been your best first period of the season last night against the New York Islanders. Your thoughts? Yeah, I thought you know it was a good period for us. Certainly, uh, the one in Seattle I thought was a real good period for us on the road as well. Um, you know, in the end, uh, I thought our players came out with a certain type of mindset. Uh, we went out and executed at a high level, built a two nothing lead on the on the back of uh, strong special teams, and then uh, kind of stuck with it as the game went on. And it was nice um, to see our guys get the result. Uh, you mentioned that all of four and one stretch at home um you know no one was uh, happy with uh leaving points on the table so so to speak um but i i think we've done some good things uh with our team game here uh specifically uh since post christmas and uh we're sticking with it and um ready for a new segment to 10 games uh starting with the stanley cup champs tomorrow night all right jay so you mentioned post christmas in four of those five games you've given up two goals or fewer you guys can score. Uh, I didn't check the updated numbers today, but you last night you went on the game, the third highest scoring team in the NHL. Uh, that, that shouldn't be lost on people that in four of the last five games you've given up two or fewer goals. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that speaks to the way our, our players are dialing it in. Um, you know, it's easy to look just at um, results sometimes, and we are in results business so you know uh, i think it's important uh, that you can't lose sight of that 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 we are in a results business but you know in some of those games you know we you severely outshoot a team you find a way to not win i thought last night what we did was uh, we managed big moments within games it didn't mean we didn't make mistakes we made some mistakes um but 
you know, we're we're doing more positive things than than negative. And I think if you do that over the long stretch, I, I mentioned in the post-game presser last night about the amount of shots we've given up over the last three games. Uh, if you look at it, um, I think uh, that's conducive to winning hockey long-term. Uh, we can do better, mo- better job of managing big moments, um, specifically at home here over the last little bit. But I thought last night was a good step in the right direction. Jay, uh, when you came up, one of the things that you and Dave Manson did was you played 11-7. and seven. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm going to do a little research assignment unless you know what the record is. But since you've been head coach, do you have a good idea what the record is when you've gone in the 11-7 and seven route? Yes, I do, but I'm going to let you do your own work, Bob. Um, I do, but I, I know what your the basis of your question is. We went 11 and seven last night, um, and uh, you know, for us, it was a way. Um, you know, we hadn't won in five games at home. We were 0 four and one, like you talked about. It was a way for us to stir the drink a little bit. Um, you know, with uh, ice time distribution, with um, you know. Uh, we felt uh, it was just a different look for us. We feel uh, it's not something that I prefer. It's not something that I look to do. Um, I think it's something that we can go to if needed. And I thought we got a good response from uh, most everyone in the lineup last night. So um, I don't know that that's the reason why you win the game or don't win the game. It's just a a look that we have uh, at our disposal of should we choose to go to it. Uh, the unfortunate thing about that is you end up taking a really good forward out of the lineup. And, um, you know, for us, those are hard decisions. We've talked about how, you know, we're in January of 2023 now. Uh, it's good when there's hard decisions to be made. It's good when there's competition to be in the lineup. Um, whether we go 12 and 6 or 11 and 7, last night we went 11 and 7 and found a way to win at home. Um, it's my contention. And maybe I've just simply overrated the players. But I, I was hoping for greater push from the 23- and 24-year-olds. Uh, and a couple of those guys had real good games last night. But Paul Yarvey at three goals. Yamamoto got his third last night. And in, in fairness to him, he got a whiplash thing uh, last year in the playoffs. Uh, McLeod, three goals this year. Those are three of the forwards. And then Bouchard, who I thought was really good with the exception of one misplay last night. You know, he's at three goals. He was sixth in the league last year. Time and ice, five on five uh, scoring by for defensemen. Um, are these just growing pains that happen? Or, or conversely, do guys need to be better? How would you assess that, Jay, from your perspective? Well, let's start at another 23, 24-year-old that you didn't mention, which is Stuart Skinner, which is, I think, one of the stories of our season uh, has been his play and, and how well he's done uh, and how he's growing in into uh, becoming uh, and solidifying himself as a really good NHL goaltender. Um, some of the other players that you mentioned there, I think uh, production-wise certainly uh, would be looking for more. Um, I think uh sometimes it is uh, you know, lack of production sometimes comes down to different things. I, I don't worry um, when any of those players are on the ice. I don't, I don't tense up um, that they are, they don't know how to play the game or they don't know how uh, the team wants to play the game. I don't worry at all uh, in that situation, but for more, uh, excuse me, uh, beyond that, 
um, what I believe is that we have a high bar. Uh, we have a high set of expectations for all of our players. I think that's the best compliment you can give any player. Production-wise, for the people that you mentioned, um, it didn't go the way they want maybe in the first half. Maybe that's a result of injuries. Maybe that's a result of missed upper opportunities. Uh, for whatever reason, it didn't go their way. That that's the first 40 games those games have been played our focus is on trying to maximize each player's potential and get more out of that group that you mentioned on the offensive side of things and and uh i think um you know i think that we'll see some results here from those guys specifically in the last half jay it's interesting because you know we got people texting stoffer you idiot the others are third and goals four but i think we i think you you know you kind of like to see a little bit more consistency throughout your lineup uh, I got to ask you about Dylan Holloway. Does the dynamic change for him when you do go 11 and 7 and you might have a McDavid, Drysaddle, or Nugent Hopkins rotating through the center position with him and Derek Ryan? Does that, does that create a, a different window for him? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And you know what? I, uh, Dylan and I, um, you know, we've had lots of conversations, but we had a good conversation uh, today about where his game's at, where where he's trending, uh, how he's really taking care of uh, a lot of things on the defensive side of the puck. And, and uh, he's someone that we're very bullish on. We have a, a good idea of the player that he can become. And uh, I think sometimes when he gets put on the ice, uh, with some of those players that get cycled through it, should we go 11 and 7? I think it gives him a little bit different of a look. Um, I think he has a good chemistry with Derek Ryan as well. Uh, Derek um, is somebody who who talks to him constantly, uh, makes sure that um, you know he's in the right position, uh, you know, and talks to him on the ice uh, about that. And uh, when you cycle one of the players, like you said, 97, 29, 93, even. 56 if we put Derek Ryan in the middle uh, there. You're giving that line a little bit different flavor, different look. I'm uh, quite pleased with where Dylan's personal game is at. I think um, he shored up a few things uh, defensively. He's managed pucks through the neutral zone and we're starting to see um, some offense come out at this level in the offensive zone. That goal last night that he scored is the type of goal that I think uh, suits his style of playoff of an ozone cycle grind. He's in a good spot and when he plays with those uh, those players cycling through, I think it, it gives our team a dangerous look. You know, I think a lot of orders fans, and frankly myself included, wanted to see a little bit more offensive juice for some of the orders drafted and developed prospects. But there's a guy, I don't know if we're going to use the term reclamation project, but there's a guy who's jump-started his career here in clean Costin. And last night he's playing with Connor McDavid. He's become a real interesting uh, story, hasn't he, Jay? Yeah. Yeah, he and you know he's a great example of somebody taking advantage of opportunity. Uh, I I just I think about that. I, I think you know he came into the organization. The coaches up here, we watch video, but we didn't we didn't have a opinion on Clem or um, you know uh, you know we hadn't watched him for a ton of time or knew his ins and outs. We uh, you know so we followed him a little bit as he was in Bakersfield. Obviously, when Kane and Yamamoto went down in the Tampa Bay game, uh, he came up with Yan Mark. 
He's somebody uh, that has worked his way steadily up the lineup by doing good things, stacking good good games on top of good games, and I think it's a it's a great example of someone taking advantage of opportunity um you know he still has a hiccup every once in a while um but i think he what's great about him is he's a fantastic teammate he's somebody who sticks up for teammates he's big and physical and he has a dimension in his size um that right now we don't have a lot of up front uh so i think um you know i'm good on him because he's making the most of his opportunity i'm real happy for him jay uh does the defense miss duncan keith um Good, you know that's a really good question. I think um, anytime you take someone of Duncan's stature out of the lineup, um, you know I think that might have an effect. And uh, the bottom line is we haven't moved pucks as well um, this year as we did in the last half of last season. Um, you know Duncan's a Hall of Fame player. Uh, he's somebody. Even if, um, you know, there were mistakes made when he was on the ice, his compete shone through, his preparation level shone through, his effect on others uh, was immense. Um, you know, uh, I think he's a heck of a player. I was fortunate to coach him in this last half of his regular season and on a playoff run. I have nothing but respect for him. Um, him not being in our lineup, presents opportunity for others to step up and um you know i think uh we got a real good game out of the seven defensemen that we dressed last night you started the year with kulak and bouchard you've gone more with kulak and barry and so that's usually meant either murray or broberg or nimalainen especially when it's broberg and nimalainen with bouchard concerned about the experience there or is there only one way to get experience and that's to play well good question um, I would think yeah, I watched that game over again this morning. I thought Philip Roberg played a heck of a game. He did and uh, you know I think I think for him as a younger D man, um, figuring it out at the NHL level, he's given us good minutes. And I would say that when our team was at a critical juncture, we were on the road, we had lost a game in New Jersey, we had lost a game uh, against the Islanders, we made a hard decision. And that hard decision was to send Niemelainen down and call Broberg up um, for the Rangers game. And the team from the Rangers game, um, I thought, did a heck of a job managing some major injuries to our forward group and we were able to uh, work our way through a tough part of our schedule with a bunch of injuries and he was a big part of that now philip got hurt um right before our father's trip before christmas through no fault of his own that was his third injury of the year uh and it's never fun when you have to manage that so he's going through those um, you know, learning how to be in the NHL, but also manage some injuries. 
Um, you know, I think he's at a good spot. I think he gets better with every game played. And last night, um, Niemelainen didn't play a lot, but when he was on the ice, uh, specifically on a penalty kill, he, he contributed. Um, you know, I said we're bullish on Dylan Holloway as a young player in organization. We're certainly bullish on both of those young young demon and Niemelainen and and uh, Broberg as well. All right, Jay, uh, bit of a curveball to close out. How different is coaching in the NHL in Edmonton than coaching in the American League in Baker? You spent, you know, three and a half seasons in Bakersfield. It's a nice little setup down there. But it is the American League, and it's California in the American League. And I know there's fans, but is, there, is it a completely different world here? Like, how many times you get stopped if you, I don't even know if you go to a grocery store. I know past <laughs> coaches and past managers, they had people do that for them just to you know what i mean uh so let me what's it been like like you know it's basically almost been a calendar year that you've been the head coach of the team what's it been like here well it's a privilege first of all um one of the biggest differences bob i get to see you a whole lot more than i did when i was just the head coach of bakersfield yeah uh i don't know if that's part of the privilege or not but it's a privilege to coach in the national hockey league it's one that uh, i worked 17 years uh in order to get that opportunity i think um when dave and i came up last year uh, the team was where it was at uh we were forced um, to do uh, some things and make hard decisions in order to help the team move forward. Uh, last year um, had a you know it was a wonderful experience, gained experience as a head coach at this level. What I would say to you is this: I think we have the best fan base in the National Hockey League, the most passionate, the most knowledgeable. I think it's a good thing that when our team went through a 10-game segment like we did in this last 10 games, and we were four, uh, four into we were 500. I think it's a good thing when expectations are that that's not good enough. I think that's a good thing. I think those type of expectations are the best compliment we can give to our organization, our coaches, our players. I think that's great because we have in mind bigger and better things. We want to continue to get um, growth uh, from our group and make sure that we're ready and in position uh, come game 83 uh, to, to really put a mark down. And so I, I see this as a privilege. I'm having the time of my life, even when uh, the team isn't, um, you know, performing at the level uh, that maybe we wanted to or finding the level of consistency that we wanted to. I think we're moving in the right direction. And uh, as I said, I think it's a real privilege to be the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers. Jay, you guys got 21 wins in 40 games. I said at the start of the year, I thought the team of 47 and 52 wins. And I said that a year ago and the team ultimately got there. Uh, for me, uh, the save percentage was 895 when you took over last year. And it got to 905 plus, and that was a key factor in the success. Is there a statistical barometer that uh, would would sort of emphasize what needs to happen in order for you? Because I don't think you've given up any uh, thoughts or desires to chase Vegas down for top spot in the Pacific Division. So, is there a stat? If the team gets there, what would that stat be? Yeah, I don't look at it like that, Bob. I I look at it like um, not like I, I do look at it as 
we have to take steps forward on a day-by-day basis. We have to do what's required to win on a day-by-day basis. I think having generalizations or or stats takes the focus on, on the day-to-day that needs to get taken care of. I think um, when we see growth, in certain parts of our game, you mentioned goals against um, at the start of this interview and uh, post-Christmas and all. I think if we can continue to make strides in that area, I think results take care of themselves. Because you not only did you mention that post-Christmas, but you also mentioned the fact that our team, for the most part, uh, can score. But what we can't do is outscore um, huge mistakes or outscore uh, as the league narrows and gets tighter. So I think it's important as we move into this next segment, the second half of the season, that we continue to value the little things that go into checking, the little things that go into shaving goals against off. And if we can do that, I think results ultimately take care of themselves. Jay, thank you for joining us on your day off. No problem, Bob. Have a great one. You bet. That is Edmonton Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft. And he was our Oilers now headliner today for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It just, uh, it's not just might be. It is the best you've ever tasted. Search for Will Hawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. When we return on Oilers Now, we'll get to the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown. This is Oilers Now. It's 126 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. To the Orders Now Injury Report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. It's this simple. They get you the best results. They've got the most experience. 250 years. Trent Brown, James Brown. Big fans of the Oilers, the Elks, and the University of Alberta. All right, we know the story of the Vander Kane. Uh, who knows? Might be out back before February 7th. One time it looked like he might not be able to play until the middle of March. He's ahead of schedule. Um, Ryan Murray out with a back issue as well. Colorado, uh, Landeskog, Manson, Rodriguez, Nichushkin. That's two forwards, Landeskog and Nichushkin. Uh and Rodriguez, who they signed, good pickup. Two defensemen, Josh Manson, Bowen Byram, and Pavel, uh, Pavel Francois, who uh, got a win last year against a couple wins in, against Edmonton, uh, out as well. Into the game day lineup report for McGuire Financial. Have the right teammates on your side for your financial future. For a free financial consultation, visit mcguirefinancial.ca. So basically, three forwards, two D, and a goalie out. Uh, McKinnon's been playing with Lekkonen and Rantanen, uh, and uh, the top pairing, uh, Taze and McCarr, still together. Uh, I think we'll see uh, Alexander Georgiev, who the orders have had a fair amount of success against uh, tomorrow. That's my guess, represented by Edmonton's uh, Jerry Johansson. Jay didn't give it away, but it wouldn't be surprise me if the Oilers went 11-7 and seven again. And Costin up front with uh, McDavid and Yamamoto, who played over 21 minutes in last night's game. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we return on Oilers now, uh, Willie Desjardins, former NHL head coach, GM head coach of the Medicine Hat Tigers, and Ian Herbers, former Oilers assistant coach, head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears. This is Oilers now.